Welcome to the Nehemiah Entrepreneurship Community Podcast. I'm your host, Patrice Saguet. I am here with my good friend, Jeff Schaefer. Jeff, welcome to the podcast. Well, thank you for having me. It's, it's a pleasure. Well, of course, Jeff is no stranger uh, to the Nehemiah community. Jeff has spoken for us multiple times. He's an investor with Nehemiah Project. Um, he and his wife both, both make um, our donors. Uh, they also invest in our fund, helping us to provide capital to entrepreneurs around the world. And uh, he's the founder and CEO of Common Good Capital, uh, a not retired, but an ex-executive. I've that's the way too young to retire. Yeah. Next executive with CNL, where you, you came right out of college, went to Wheaton graduate, a Wheaton graduate, came mm -hmm. right out of college, went straight with CNL. And you kind of that's where you cut your teeth. Right. Well, there's one stop in between there. I was with a, a large mutual fund company. And the only reason why I even point that out is um, I have been blessed in my career to see what I would say are three major uh, game changers in the financial services industry. So we can talk about that later. But one of them actually had to do with um, about a two year stint at, a, at this mutual fund company. Oh, wow. Now, Jeff, uh, uh, CNL, though, went on to be like you guys did over five billion dollars as a company. Right. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, so I, I think when I joined CNL out of Orlando, Florida, um, just to give you a data point, the industry uh, which we were we operated in, which think of it as alternative investments. So real estate, private credit, private equity it's investing in things other than stocks and bonds. Uh, in 2000, the industry raised about seven hundred fifty million dollars. When I left the industry and this was about seven, eight years ago, the industry was about $25 billion a year. Wow. Uh, today, it's well over $50 billion a year that's raised in through this area in real estate, private credit, and private equity. So we could say you were kind of one of the pioneers as, as you guys, both CNL and you, about that team, in really driving this industry. Yeah, completely. And that's not a, not an arrogant statement towards me at all. It's just, it's just the reality that I was put in a very unique spot. And so actually, let me, if you don't mind, I'm going to digress because it's, it's, it's interesting. When I was at this mutual fund company uh, back in the day, there was what were called unit investment trust. And I won't go through mm -hmm. all the, it, the details of it, but they were the precursor to an investment vehicle called an ETF, ele electronically traded funds. But if I were to take you back to the mid 90s when I was there, and this UIT was happening, the big question everybody was asking is, will people invest in a basket of stocks that are not actively managed? Well, then comes along ETFs. The ETF industry is trillions of dollars today. So wow. what was a very weird discussion back then, it got answered. And then when I moved to CNL and spent 20 years in the alternative space, the big question there would be, well, why would anybody need to invest in anything other than stocks and bonds? And will they do that? Well, look what's happened over the last 20 years. Now, I would tell you those first two moves that I made were not strategic. This third move that I made was strategic for the first time. So I'm hoping that this actually gets answered in the way that I think it will. And in fact, it's already playing out that way. And what started probably about eight years ago, in my mind, was 
the world was saying, you don't need to worry about, or nobody will invest along their values and nobody will really invest with emotions in mind. In fact, if anything, keep your emotions out of it. And I actually have thought, nope, the world's actually going to care about what they invest in. They want their values in this and they're okay to have their emotions. So that's the big bet that we're making at Common Good, which is part of the reason what brings us to this whole discussion about Africa. So you're no strange to pioneering. So uh, first mutual fund ETF. I, I know about ETF because as a trustee of the Timothy plan, we just recently yeah. last uh, 12 months uh, launched ETFs. And in less than, no, last maybe two years, no, 18 months, less than 18 months. I mean, we went to almost, we bought almost $2 billion. <laughs> yep. It took us with a traditional mutual fund. It took us what, uh, close to 20 years to get to, a billion and it took us about a year or a little more to get to an additional billion just using ETF. So, so that's, that's, so you were part of that, but then you're part of CNL. When you joined CNL, what was, what, how, how what was the company? What were there in terms of size or yeah. whatever you want to. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think, so I joined CNL in 90, the end of 97, I believe I was like employee 300 and something. We ended up running up to about a thousand employees um, and the assets that are management. So that'd been like how many assets we had acquired. Oh man, you're stretching me. I would guess that it don't quote me on this, but it's maybe it was 10 million. Maybe I don't remember today is probably 40 billion that they've wow. acquired over this time. So, you Incredible. know, you've seen massive growth. Yeah. <laughs> but then what's, you were one of the youngest guys to become like senior, you yeah. know, part of the senior management team. Yep. Uh, and you were also responsible for driving a lot of the asset acquisition. Am I right? Yeah. So when I, again, um, I just was given, I, very early on, I was given some pretty unique opportunities. And, and fortunately, I was stupid enough to be able to move forward and, and try to keep building capacity. And um, yeah, so I think it I think it was at like age 32, I was the chief operating officer. And then maybe a year or two later, I was I was um, the president. And so, yes, I ultimately by the time I left, I was running. Really, there's two sides of the business. One is. Uh, where the capital goes and acquires everything, typically in funds. I was on the other side. We were the ones who were um, raising the capital. So I had compliance underneath me, marketing, uh, operations. So I had about 140 people at, at the max. And we would raise about a billion to a billion and a half a year in equity. And then when that money went to the other side of the house to go buy assets, they would use debt to it. They'd add debt to it. So we would purchase two to three billion dollars worth of real estate assets, um, depending on the genre, what we were investing in during that time. So substantial capital, hundreds of thousands of investors. Yes. So you and I meet when after all that success, um, you you got burned out. Um, and but but part of it is God had put a burden in your heart uh, for the space that you're in now. So at the peak of your career, you decide to make a move. I didn't believe you would make that move because who would? Right. I mean, you're you, you're at the peak of the mountain. I often use your story in many talks that I do mm-hmm. about this high level executive that was at the peak of the mountain. And he said, I'm going to make a move. And I said, 
in my heart, didn't tell you that, said, uh, I'm not sure, you know, who would leave that, that kind of ivory tower, you know, privilege to go start from the bottom where you end up, you know, uh, to that rebuild from scratch with his own money, <laughs> with his own money and just writing the checks. So that's probably a little more of a story, though, than, than <laughs> what you're sharing. And I'm happy to, to get a few of those comments. But yeah, you are so, true. Yeah. So so along the way, you, you, you make them. So tell us a bit about at which point does this idea of common good get into your heart? And then and then secondly, the risk you took in making that move. <laughs> yeah. So so. When I was 40, so this would have been the end of 2013, the beginning of 2014. I had just turned 40. When I look back, there were little snippets of seeds uh, that had been implanted in kind of in my heart. I don't know, maybe three to five years prior to that. And the big the big level concept there was. Again, raising billions of dollars a year from hundreds of thousands of investors and and. An unbelievable that plays an unbelievable part of the ecosystem that that you and I live in every day. But we tended to simply focus on the return for the investor. So metaphorically, at one point, we owned I think we had purchased about twelve billion dollars of assisted living facilities. Okay, so again, the, the analogy we'd use is that we were we owned the real estate, but we allowed we were tucking 